Happy Friday, everybody. It's me, Mike, and I'm back for another thrilling adventure of Made Man, the only podcast ever about the AMC television show Mad Men. Believe, believe me, don't look it up, just trust me. And today, just now, I just finished watching season two, episode eight of Mad Men, A Night to Remember. Now, the episode description on Netflix says, Father Gill convinces Peggy to contribute to a pro bono project to win the business of her, of an imported beer, Duck and Dawn appeal to a new demographic. That's very much on the surface of what was going on. Let's, they mentioned Peggy first. Let's go through her story, story first. So, Peggy obviously goes and visits her family all the time. And you know who else likes to go visit her family? But Father Colin Hanks. I don't remember his actual name, but he's the priest, the young priest. And uh, Peggy goes to visit her sister, bring a book for her brother-in-law who's laid up with his back. And who shows up but the father who says, hey, Peggy, you do, uh, you do um, advertising. Why don't you come and uh, do a little advertising for a dance we're putting on? So basically, Peggy's storyline was doing advertising for a dance at the church, getting questioned about the advertising, getting um, – she's doing this pro bono, you know, for, for basically for nothing, just to, to help the church. Um, right? Isn't that what pro bono means? Because what's she going to get paid unless they make lots of money at the church? I don't understand how it works. But <clears throat> she makes these little flyers. Then these, these old yentes are like uh, – Oh, they're dancing so close together. And the night to remember is, is, sends the wrong message about girls. And, and Peggy's like, you get the girls to go, so you get the guys to go. I know better. Basically, <clears throat> that was her thing, where she's tired of getting questioned. But at the same time, the priest, I think, was using this as a way to get closer to her uh, in a good way. Like, so far, this priest isn't a creep. I'm still waiting for the priest to turn into a creep. Something about priests maybe being creeps a lot, and maybe back then being creeps more. I don't know. Uh, but so far, this priest seems like he's pretty uh, on the level. He did try to get uh, Peggy to talk about um, like why she isn't going to communion and if there's something she needs to say. And it almost looked like Peggy was ready to crack, but she didn't. And uh, at the end of the episode, you see her in the bathtub just kind of like, taking it all in, realizing, you know, maybe she should, uh, either she's saying maybe she should confide in the priest, maybe she should be a little more in the church in the, in, and at mass, or maybe she should actually uh, see that kid of hers. I don't know. Not sure, but it's 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 weighing heavy on her. Uh, and at the, at the end, we got Colin Hanks playing a little acoustic guitar uh, as the episode ends, and that's their story. That's... Uh, what goes on there. Their night to remember. I, well, that's the thing. That was the name of the dance, a night to remember. So that was where the title comes from. Now, I'm going to jump over to the, a smaller storyline that really doesn't fit in with the title, but Harry Crane, head of the television department, Duck Phillips came to him and says, you're, you're losing money more than you're bringing in. And he's like, what are you talking about? There was an, <clears throat> a television show where there was a communist and they kept calling the communist an agitator. Uh, and then right, they cut to a commercial where Maytag had a washing machine with an agitator, the amazing agitator in it. <clears throat> and at least back then, people were dum-dums and uh, television stations were filled with dum-dums. And everyone thinks like that these commercials are um, are like 
people are going to think bad about the about the product because of where it is on in the television show, which is is sad that if that's the truth, if those advertising agents could see the world now, they would wish that anybody would be watching their television, their uh, their their commercials, and not flipping the channel or fast forwarding through them because they're saved on their DVR. I mean, so many eyes were on these these. Uh, these commercials back then they don't know how good they had it i think the only people who don't fast forward through things now are my in-laws they don't even have a dvr i don't think they even know what it means they saw a pause button once they thought they could and i had to explain to them no 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 you cannot um anyway i'm i'm sidetracked uh the the story with that is um harry needs to read these scripts more to make sure there's nothing in the stories that might upset the advertisers and there's nothing in and there, and maybe there's stuff in the stories that would actually make the advertising products look good. Uh, he can't do it alone, though. So he, so um, Roger suggests getting some of the girls to do it. He ends up getting Joan to help out, and Joan does a really good job. She actually gets um, some one one company to really invest more uh, during um, the uh, days of our lives, or one of these uh, soap operas, because she says, you know, it's going to be a real big. Thing. I, I've heard some characters are coming back to life. I can't really say who, but um, she knows that it's it's a big thing. And the people were in, were really into it and very happy with Harry. And so Harry went to Roger at the end. It was very funny because he's like, "Oh, that, don't keep me waiting." He goes, "Well, you said four thirty, sir." He goes, oh, it's only four thirty. Like he, Roger just wants to get the hell out of there. And basically, Harry convinces Roger to invest in the television uh, division by getting a full time man. Uh, a full-time person in there to do the job for reading the scripts. Uh, and then I love that Roger stands at his door, waits for Harry to open it for him. That was a, just, a, just a subtle little thing where Roger's like, great, that's great. I'm not going to open the door myself. And he does it himself. Uh, fast forward to, oh, we, well, we see Joan with her, with her fiancé at home. She's actually reading the scripts, and the guy's like, you shouldn't be reading scripts. You should be watching these things, not reading them, sitting back with your bonbons. Like, and she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I enjoy doing this. Uh, he's like, can you get me, fetch me a cup of water? Basically, I don't think this guy is is a jerk, but I don't realize, I don't think they realize, or these guys realize what, how they talk down to these women, how they belittle them. Um, so, you know, but it all turns for not anyway, because... Joan shows up in Harry's office and meets Dan, the new the new uh, person who took the job full time. She's like, "Oh, I think." Even when they said it, I thought, "Oh wow, Joan's getting a new job." Nope, nope. They're giving a guy the job, and uh, Joan is no longer doing her duty. And Harry, it seemed like Harry didn't even like he was just clueless. He's like, "I thank you so much for your help with this. This has been great. Can you fill him in on what's going on?" And you know, if thank you so much, I really appreciate it. I'm sorry to take so much of your time. Where meanwhile, Joan was loving it. And really found something she enjoyed doing, and was hope was probably was very upset. And at the end, they show her um, get like sitting on her bed, taking her bra strap off, and there was a chafe mark in the bra strap. And I think that was a little symbolization of you know, like I, I go through this all day, breaking my back. I I, I got to wear these friggin' tight things for these guys. It, you know, it, it hurts, but I go through it because this, I got to do to get a job. Um, and that's really Joan's storyline. Now, The Night to Remember really doesn't factor in there, but where it does factor in, I, to me, was the night to remember that Betty and Don had at their house. So they have a um, client coming in to... Uh, oh, they had a new client, I think. I think that's what it was. Uh, oh, they were basically trying to uh, wine and dine a new couple. 
they could possibly be a client or maybe be a, a, an employee. I'm not exactly sure. These weren't the Heineken people. But there's been talk around the office about Heineken and how to deal with it and making Heineken, you know, for people who want to buy beer and drink it at home, maybe for the housewife who wants something exotic with, you know, it's very green. It, it's, 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 um, it's international. And it just turns out, well, they had this, um, dinner party that Betty went out and bought Heineken. Don didn't mention anything to her and everyone thought that was really clever and funny and just how, how funny it is that Don knows Betty so well. Well, Betty's what I like to classify as a crazy person. And for some reason, that really bothered her. And she really got upset that she was, like, disrespected that way. And to be honest, that's probably not what she was thinking because she finally, after the dinner party, and she was making everything so perfect for everything, except, of course, when a chair was a little, uh, a little off, she smashed a chair into a million pieces. Uh, she's definitely a, a crazy person. Uh, and she got really upset about that. And I'm watching this going, is something wrong? Is Betty a simpleton? Like, I've said this many times. There is something very wrong with her. Now, the episode opened with her doing horse riding. And I thought, oh God, I don't need her at the stables. I don't care about her at the stables. But it really had nothing to do with that. She was there early in the morning, got there so early that she was back before Don even woke up for work uh, or for whatever, for the day. Uh, so that's a small thing, but it basically she's going off to do her own thing. She finally, after the dinner party, after upset, confronts Don about uh, Bobby and about what Jimmy said about the affair. She says, I know about the affair. I know this. I know this. And Don's like, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. That's not true. Now, Betty basically goes through everything when Don's off for work and can find nothing, can't find any uh, evidence of anything. She steps on broken glass. She stays in her coat all day. She drinks. She looks a mess. She looks like a crazy person. And the sad thing is she's right. She's, you know, the the... Jimmy saying this thing doesn't seem so believable, but the fact is they're both right. Uh, Don and, and this woman, Bobby, are having an affair. And Don denies it, and Betty, and he ends up sleeping on the couch, and Betty's like, I don't want to be like this. I, um, I, you know, I apologize. And or she doesn't apologize. Don's like, I don't either, and, but she goes off to bed. And Basically, uh, they're at a they're at a meeting again and talking about Heineken. And Duck brings up the whole thing about this guy knows his wife so well. He, he you know he got her to buy the 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 Heineken, and you know she didn't even realize she was you know he, he didn't even tell her to do it, and she did it anyway. That's how good this advertising is. And you can see the look on on Don's face. He was like, huh, yeah, I really know my wife well. Turns out she she calls at the end of the day and says, uh, don't come home, don't come home. So the episode ends, or no, the episode, yeah, comes to an end with Don opening a fridge of Heineken. I'm like, where the hell is he? You know, he's in the office inside uh, Sterling Cooper, and I guess he's going to stay there for the night. I guess he's not going home. And my friends, is that it? Is that the entire episode? It was a good episode, but I think I covered just about everything. We didn't see Bert Cooper. Um, you know, Roger just had little moments where he talked about he had talked about Harry. He basically interacted with Harry, interacted with Don a little bit. Um, Duck, you know, showed up to the dinner party without a girlfriend or a date because um, his wife left him. But, you know, he left his dog. So screw Duck, screw Duck straight to hell. Uh, Harry was good. And he and he, when he was bad, he didn't realize he was bad. He didn't realize he was being disrespectful for Joan. So I don't blame Harry um, too much. Feel bad for Joan. Uh, again, the priest, you know, seems like he has good intentions and he's obviously getting to Peggy. 
uh, in some way, reaching her. Um, I don't know what that means for Peggy, but it seems like something is going to happen. And my friends, I, I think I've covered everything. Uh, and Betty, you know, she's right. But she's just like, still just looks like a, a crazy person. My friends, that is it. Another Friday, another episode of Mad Men, and another episode of Made Man Straight from my mouth to your ears. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Made Man Pod and on Facebook at Fans Not Experts. The website is fansnotexperts.com slash Made Men. If you go there, you'll be able to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, um, uh, Anchor, Spotify, where everywhere podcasts are cool because we're cool and you're cool for listening. So my friends... Thank you for coming on this adventure. And until next Friday, I don't have it out, but I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, until next Friday, I want to thank you for helping me on my journey to become a made man. I'm going to see ghosts tonight at concert. If you've never heard of ghosts, look them up. They're scary. And go Pats. Fans not experts.